and welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. Welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. It's me, your host, Mayor, from the Powerpuff Girl TV show series. This week, we've got JC Randall on the podcast. I'm pumped to share. Wow, we really covered some great stuff. Uh, Childhood trauma, healing, spirituality, spiritual awakenings. Um, Oh man, just so much good stuff. This episode is packed full of fantastic bites, bits, snippets, gold nuggets. If you do enjoy anything from this podcast, if you found something that was profound, if, if either of us said something that really stands out to you, if there's something that's said that is helpful to you in your life or to someone that, lo- that you love in your life, just maybe take a little screen grab, send it to them, tell them to check it out and send them the, the time to start it at. Um, I think this, uh, this stuff really helps actually heal people when it gets shared and when it gets to, to the right ears. So I wish that for you all. Uh, I hope you are all doing well uh, in, in this particular time of, of COVID and in this pandemic. And now it's been almost a year. And, um, you know, as a as a mental health ad- advocate, I, you know, I, I just have to say I see you, all of you, everybody. I see you like this is hard right now. What's going on? Everybody's life trajectory has been changed. We've now been forced to take different f- forks in the in the in the path of our lives. So, um if you're going through it right now, just just know like I see you. I see you. You're going to be okay. You got this. You can handle this. Just keep consuming content like this. Just keep um, trying, trying to consume positive, good content. Be nice to yourself. Please, please, please be drinking your water, stretch, movement. This is the time when we got to be taking the extra time out of our day. We've got to be taking the extra time to to love ourselves. I mean, it's just as simple as that. You've got to be loving yourself extra right now. You got to be patient with yourself. You've got to be willing to not be so hard on yourself right now. Stuff is crazy and it's happening to everybody across the world. Our country is pretty nuts right now, but across the world, man, the humans are experiencing a new virus and the, the leaders have not responded well to it. The society we live in is undergoing vast change um, and we're all going to be part of it but that change is is uh, uh, uncomfortable for now so just know i i see you it's going to be all right we're going to get through this everything's good everything's going to be okay we got this keep learning keep feeding that soul knowledge and let's get rocking and rolling with this podcast miss jc have a good one all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. I am here with my friend, JC. Hello, JC. Hi, how's it going? It is going good, my friend. It's good to see you. It's good to have you on the podcast again. Um, you were one of the first, you were in the first 10. I ended up deleting my, I th- probably told you the story, My when I very first started the podcast, I deleted my first five episodes, like completely on accident. I, I messed up, but you were in the first 10 for sure. Oh no! Yeah. Um, so, oh wow! 
me to stumble through. I was still trying to like figure out a direction for the podcast at the beginning. You know, I wanted to just mm-hmm. have it conversational and, and casual, but I also really wanted to do something mental health, somehow helping people, somehow um, giving people valuable content and like allowing people to maybe see new ways and new perspectives um, in, in their own life and, and relate to the other person. So you definitely, I really appreciate you coming on in the first stages and letting me just totally stumble through not knowing exactly what I'm doing. I still don't really know what I'm doing. I definitely still stumble through 100%. But at the beginning, li- listening back, it's almost cringy in some aspects. Um, it's really hard to listen to your voice. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Um, no, 100%. I agree with you. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But um, but yeah, no, I think that same thing when you shared that, like I li- listen back to that too and think of like where I'm at today. And I'm like, ooh, I'm like cringing at mm-hmm some of the things in the conversation that's why I posted on my story to share that I'm like I think of so much growth from right. compared to that first episode to this one well so um let's give let's give a background like so let's see how have you changed since then I mean you've been doing a ton of work you started your own business I mean things have totally shifted there's a lot of changes um in the in the world for everybody listening to the podcast but also just in in yourself in your self-development um so what is your what has your changes looked like in the last year or since that last podcast like what are you what are you up to now JC that's a good question. Um, so many changes. What am I up to? So yeah, starting my website, my business, um, I've kind of stepped more into like my spirituality, um, into like my channeling, my gifts, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I've been able to like help people also helping myself, you know, cause like you help and work with people and it's almost like a reflection mirror, and almost simultaneously, like whatever they're releasing, I end up releasing within that space as well. Um, and yeah, being like more present, being more less anxious, actually less because I like hopping on that podcast. I was like so reserved and so quiet and like hadn't really found like my space in like the social media world or just like mm-hmm. my personal world in general and like being able to really expand, um, building relationships and like healthy, long-standing relationships that are near and dear, which like I've always kind of struggled with. It's kind of like one of my um, like attachment issues is, you know, building long-standing relationships and those kind of dynamics and yeah, growing into um, being like a family um person which I never really was I was always super disconnected from family and kind of you know learning how to really love my family for who they are and what they are in this moment and not kind of expecting anything from them and being present more and showing up for the people who need it and yeah that's kind of what's been happening yeah okay well well how'd you get there like what have you what have you been doing? What what was your um, trajectory, I suppose, since last time? Like, so you've been doing, let's, let's explain, you know, you've been healing, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know if you use terminologies like shadow work, um, mm-hmm. you know, go, going through childhood traumas, like all that, this sort of stuff. So what, what is, what is healing? Like, how can you say, if I say, how have you changed in, in the last year 
and you were explaining to someone like, here's how you can change. And here's these things that I discovered, like trauma healing and, and um, working with working with your past and reframing your your limiting beliefs, these sorts of things. So how, how did you get to where you're different than you are now or, or were back then rather? How have I changed? How have I got here doing all the work? Um, so I hit a like low point. Um, I mean, like, I, I don't know, like I went through, you know, super serious, like traumatic event. I don't really like, I haven't really communicated with the world about that um, in, in general, but um, yeah, going through like a super serious traumatic event, like losing, you know, a uh, near and dear person to me and kind of going through that shift um, and just like watching that play out, like watching this person, like lose their life and like being you know in the front seat of that and um I numbed myself out for a long time and kind of used like my codependency to numb that out and um yeah I transitioned into like a really low energy super depressed like like not suicidal but like I just like didn't want to be here I didn't want to be alive I didn't want to do anything I couldn't get out of bed to go to work I couldn't like I couldn't do a lot of things and um I just hit a really 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 low point and I was like man I cannot do this like I'm not gonna make it like another year if I like sit in this position and so I had to really dig deep and it started from um yeah just not wanting to be sad I think I went to therapy I started going to therapy after like a year um, after like my accident and, um, the therapist looked at me and she literally said, you have to do the work. Like it's hard work to be happy. And I just was like, so taken back. Like my victim mentality was like, what? It doesn't just happen to me. Like the world just doesn't give me that. Like, yeah. Um, and so from there I was like, you know what? You're right. Like I dug deep. I started doing the work, like yeah, a lot of um, journaling, a lot of therapy, um, a lot of working out. I had to start, you know, getting my heart rate up and doing that. And a lot of, um, I've had a lot of help from people um, too, like, you know, family members. I have a family member who's like super spiritual. She's actually a medium. This is kind of where like all my gifts come from. Um, And I work with her pretty frequently and pretty often. And she was kind of like my backbone for a minute. Um, and yeah, I got into this relationship now that I'm in and engaged to get married to, um, who is so like independent and strong and like, you know, had to really put his shit together. Um, and so me coming into that dynamic, very codependent, very broken, very victim, very not on my two feet, like not standing on my own. And he was just like, you have, like, I'm here for you, but like, you have to do it. And um, so that also helped me too. So yeah. Um, and then it's just kind of like a spiral effect from there, really. Yeah. Looking at myself, getting up in the mirror and just being like, okay, this is what I want to do. And yeah, I don't even know. It's just been how I've dug so deep into this like awesome aspect and like who I am today, but it just kind of all fell into place. And now I love doing the work. I love getting up and I love you know, doing the little things and filling up my day with stuff that, you know, may seem not super fun, but um, after you do it, it gives you that like 
fulfillment of like, man, I accomplished that. And now I feel so much better mentally. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, it definitely does. Um, it, it makes me think of, uh, you've probably heard this analogy before because I was thinking of like, oh yeah, you know, you're, you've rebuilt yourself, you know, you've built yourself into who you are and you've, you know, but I was also thinking you've gotten rid of who you aren't. And I was thinking mm-hmm. of this analogy that you may have heard this, um, basically like a, a block of clay, the sculpture exists within the block of clay. You just have to remove the parts that are not the sculpture, you know, it's, it's in there. And so, um, it sounds like you're kind of, you know, building into things that were always there or, um, leaning into to parts of yourself that were kind of underneath, underneath some clay, to, so, so mm-hmm. to say. Um, and, the, and you said something that stuck out to me is, is, you know, your when you're talking to your therapist and uh, your victim mindset peaks up and starts like trying to defend you. And so, you know, that's kind of like being triggered. So let's explain, um, like what's the difference between a victim mindset and say a growth mindset, uh, for someone who, because for me, when I think of me being a victim, it's not, it's not until I look back at me in retrospect and be like, Oh, I was putting myself in the victim spot. But during those points, I wouldn't have said, Oh, I'm, I'm acting like the victim right now. I'm being dramatic Jake. I would have just found justification. So what is the victim mindset and what is growth mindset or or where you're at now? Yeah. So the victim mentality is like the world owes me something. Everything's happening to me, not for me. Um, you know, everything that's happened is just so hard and so like disheartening. And it's almost like, you know, you feel like the world's just kind of caving in on you mm-hmm. and you're incapable of stopping it, which is now we'll transi- transition into like a growth mindset where like the world can feel like it's caving in, but instead of sitting and letting it, you kind of like push it back up and you're like, I've got this the world's happening for me, not to me. Um, and you're capable of making all of the transition and the shifts in your mentality, how you speak, how you present yourself, how you show up, um, for your people surrounding you, whatever the case may be. Um, and a really, and I'm not going to say positive in like an unhealthy, positive manner, but just like being real and bring, being honest with yourself and the fact that like, um, you're capable of making those changes and you're capable of doing the work. Um, the victim mentality is like, I don't want to do the work. I just want it to be done. And the mm-hmm. growth mindset is like, I'm ready to do the work. Like, let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. So did you have to start like, what was the internal talk <laughs> for you? Did you, like, cause for me, I asked because I basically had started, I had, you know, my sudden realizations of sorts, but then it was like, wow, I've got a lot of work to do. And for me, mm-hmm. I just started really inserting tons of um, like uh, Audible and YouTube content and like reading more books and stuff, kind of shoving the Tony Robbins positive mindset, um, uh, just just to kind of like counterbalance when I would have those thoughts. Now I have awareness of it. And so my my brain is telling me like, oh, this is, oh, another bad thing happened. Just my luck. Of course, this mm-hmm. is what happens to Jake. This is, the you know, re, like just reifying my or reaffirming my self-loathing story with with that victimhood but I started changing my daily inner talk by listening to you know Tony Robbins and and a lot of Jordan Peterson and um, you know just motivational stuff how did you adjust your inner talk your inner voice what happened for you there at the beginning um, it was actually Eckhart Tolle oh, that. Yeah, that we a, talked a, about his book yeah we went on a walk <laughs> Yeah, we did. So it was, uh, there's a couple books, but that was like really the transitional moment. So actually before 
the accident. So this was like Cinco de Mayo, 2017. Um, before that, I had moved up to Orcas Island. I was living there with my best friend and I had, uh, I lived in an RV with like no running water, just power. And I lived by myself with my cat and I was just like chilling. Like I was just like, I'm here to heal. I'm here to do this. And I was working a little part-time gig um, at this little shop and I would only work a couple hours a day. Um, And I decided to go to like a little bookstore because there's like a little town, little bookstore. Um, And I had no idea who Eckhart Tolle was. And I picked up The Power of Now. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to read this book. Like that was kind of the starting point of like my okay I'm gonna start healing um and I showed it to my friend and she's like super spiritual intuitive like we yeah she's just awesome too um and she's like oh I love him I listen to his audiobooks all the time when I'm like driving home because it's like a you know an hour ferry ride and then a three and a half hour drive to town Longview yeah so um I was like okay cool so I started reading that book um and it just really taught me how to be present and like not, which is, you know, a super big factor in healing and being happy and being just like, I don't know, feeling whole and feeling complete is being right here right now. Like nothing else matters. Like the past isn't real. The future is not real. All you have is right now. And I remember I was hanging out with a friend and I remember reading this part in this book and it said, um, sit where you're at, go sit outside. And like, just look at the trees and pay attention to like what aura it gives off, like what the leaves look like, what the, you know, the whole tree in itself, like that is like an energy. That's like a being, like, look at what it's presenting to you. Mm. Um, And I still like four years later, still look at and hold on to that just phrase in that entire book. And um, that was kind of what, shifted my process into like looking at my past and being like oh my gosh poor me to like it doesn't fucking matter like none of it matters all I have is right here right now and I create that moment so yeah that that book was a really monumental one I literally recommend that book to anybody and everybody all the time because it just it was a huge shift for me and then the there was another one you can heal your life by Louise Hay or Louise K. I can't remember her last name. Um, Yeah, that one was just a, I don't know why, but those two are the only two books that really stick to me. Yeah, I I haven't, I actually haven't read either of those. I haven't read The Power of Now still. Um, I consume a good amount of of Eckhart. Like I go every couple months, I'll go through, you know, like a week or a week or two of listening to a lot of his, his lectures and talks, but I still haven't read The Power of Now, but I've heard from more than just you, that it's it's like a life-changing book. It's definitely a perspective shifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if I would have been able to make the transition or have the perspective going. Because I read that starting like February, four years ago. And then like after my accident, like that was like still sticking with me in such a huge monumental um like book in my life and it really helped me through a lot of you know I like that was just a huge transitional period in my life and I really needed that so I'm really thankful that I got to read that beforehand Mm. um yeah yeah Yeah. wow okay so going back to your your flip from victim mentality into 
growth mindset. So like, what would your, if, if you had to compare, okay, here's what JC did six months ago when she didn't realize that she was being a victim. And then here's what JC does now when she has these same thoughts, she's these same, cause you know, there's still, there's still days like you're on your path of healing, but I'm sure there's still days, correct me if I'm wrong, where you feel down, where you feel where your, your internal dialogue is the victim mindset and you have to catch yourself. Uh, what, what is the difference between then and now? Like, what do you tell yourself now or, or six months after realizing you had been the victim? Mm. The difference between then and now is like back then I was like shovel in hand digging, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh. Um, let me find the words to elaborate this in like the right way that I want to. Like each time I was digging, I was like, well, this person said this to me and like, I don't deserve that. I don't understand why, like I'm not doing anything wrong. Um, or like, you know, my parents did this to me and like, I don't understand, like, why do you, you know, do this and da, 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 or whatever the case may be. Um, and then also just now stepping out of that is not having any expectations of people or having, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I guess now stepping out of that would be just being, I don't know, grateful um, for everything that I've like gone through and understanding that it's all for like a deeper purpose and a deeper meaning and knowing that I like ultimately spiritually chose to go through those. And so I hold on to that. Um, And yeah, that's kind of what I hold in. I can elaborate that too, I guess, like spiritually when you I don't know, we're going to go real spiritual here. So like when you go go all in, JC, definitely. Okay. So when you like incarnate, right, you come here, you, your energy, your soul becomes like a human being, like you ultimately like choose um, the life path that you can have. You can make different decisions and it can alter your pathway. Ultimately you have like this, you know, certain direction, certain pathway that you can follow making each decision. So the parents that you have, you choose the life that you grow up as a child, you choose. Um, so all the trials, all the trauma, all of everything that feels like an uphill battle and an uphill climb, you choose coming here and you, um, yeah. So realizing that and understanding that perspective and knowing that everything that I went through was like my choice. Um, and like, you know, now I'm making a choice to change from, Oh, that happened to me. Like, well, no, I made, I let that happen to me. I allowed that to happen to me. Yeah. I had something to learn from that. So I, I made Mm -hmm. myself, I, I, in order to get where I'm at now, I had to go (laughs) through that thing, of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And so having that kind of mentality has really shifted from, Oh, poor me. All of this happened to me to like, no, it's okay. Like now I am the person that I am. I have the depth that I have. I can understand, you know, so many other people who maybe don't feel understood um, today in society um, and really need somebody to advocate for them or like speak for them or, you know, see through them and understand that there's underlying pain and underlying trauma that needs to be helped healed. There's a lot of people can do it on themselves, but they also need somebody like pushing them. So that's kind of like my um, perspective and 
pushing goal to keep me out of the victim mentality is like my purpose here isn't to um like roll over and just let things happen to me my purpose here is to kind of go through all of that heal through them and then allow the space for other people to open up and heal as well so yeah beautiful yeah I love that I um I I think about my my I notice my victim mentality all the time like it's you know I've been healing for kind of uh generally generally saying I've been on the path of healing for the last couple years but Mm -hmm. I still notice recently like oh shoot my story behind that is stuck in victim mindset like I even noticed so for example I've had a few podcasts these these last few days in explaining my like my story of like here's how my childhood went childhood went and um, like sometimes even just trying to explain what happened to me or explaining how my life went I fall into a victim narrative and I kind of question I'm like hmm is that is there a way that I could you know not not deny that reality but see it and maybe transform like how could I even change the wordings of what I'm saying to like yeah this thing happened to me but of course it had to happen because now I can you know be be in this position and I'll notice um just as an example um, that that pops to mind, when I first started this work, like, you know, over a year ago, if I was explaining my situation when I was in my teenage years, I lived with um, a family friend who who for very cheaply rented me her upstairs um, room. And so I kind of had like my own little apartment up in her home. And explaining that over a year ago, I would have um, said like this, this woman who, um, you know, like I've, I've called her my Nana in my life. But this one, like I would have called her um, also a hoarder, like because she, she had a lot of stuff. She had her own um, um, things that she was going through in her own life. She had a rough life herself. Um, but I would have I would have focused on the fact that she had a lot of things in her house rather than like this was this like very full of wisdom, wonderful guidance human being in my life, like you know, who gave me a, a, a place to live when I sincerely needed it and who gave me valuable advice, all of these things. And, and I would listen to myself the way I'd be talking before. I wouldn't even realize that I'm almost like trying to be more of a victim. Like, yeah, when I was a teenager, I had to live with a hoarder when in actuality, like, yeah, some things went, you know, I didn't get to live with my family and, and, and that did suck, but I got to live with someone who like gave me very valuable life advice for the rest of my life, who showed me love, who let me into her home. So even just reframing the stories that we, that are not only our internal narratives um, that we speak to ourselves, but kind of even the, the explanations of, of our life and how things happen to us and who is the bad guy in this story, you know? Um, So, so that's how, that's how me personally, how I've I'm still changing my victim mindset, mindset, right? You know, I, I, I have in this podcast, I hear myself, sometimes I'll still slip up and I'll, I'll say some things that are trying to make me, you know, sound or feel more special or more like, here's the reason why I'm not showing up the best of my ability. Cause I had this thing that happened to me and, and we identify with those things. Um, do you, so, so you're, you work with, with a good amount of people now and you've had more interactions with, with different people who are on their own paths. What has been your experience with, um, other people shifting from their victim mindset? Like, is, do you find kind of like how the story I just explained, do you find other people, um, stumble upon those sorts of things as well? Like, do they shift out of their victim mindset in different ways? 
Yeah, hundred percent. I definitely work with, um, yeah, like I work with women mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, they do. It's it's like a, but it's almost like you have to you have to like point it out, you know, to, like not point out their victimhood, but like point out that, um, like what I kind of rephrase is like we, you know we choose this life, we kind of choose what we go through, um, but also you kind of have to point out that like you're able to, to like shift from this. Cause that's kind of the, the perspective. Like we, when you're in victimhood, you don't realize that you're like in a victimhood mentality um, until you have somebody be like, okay, well, like here's all this going on, but like, here's the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like, yeah. So watching these women go from, well, this is kind of the situation. Um, but yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just a, it's really hard to explain because everybody kind of like differentiates. They all have like their own trials and they all have different mm-hmm. perspectives. But yeah, watching these women go from like, you know, here's like all my trauma to like, wow, I'm feeling really good and I'm feeling really empowered and I'm feeling really passionate and I'm feeling like, you know, I can do and I can shift and I can change my mentality and I can no longer sit in the poor me perspective to the, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to make shit happen. And yeah, that's cool. You can really be, you know, kind of the mediator of their best self or, or mm. something like that. You know, they, they, they can tell you, here's what happened to me. Here's this story. And you're like, okay, that is what happened. That's, that's, that is what's going on. There's a reality there. Um, is that reality helpful to you going forward in the future? Is there, is there, you know, n- not just two sides to the story, but, um, I don't know, the, the word reframing is, is pretty powerful. Like when you can really, mm-hmm take a look at the things that hurt you and the things that built you and the things that made you put up certain, um, put on certain bulletproof vests, you know, like different armor that we all wear, different ego masks that we all wear, um, different versions of ourselves that we feel need to show up in, in different ways. I think you can come to an age where you you begin to ask yourself, is this helpful? Is, is this something I want to hang on to? Is this going to give me the life that I truly want to live before I, before I, you know, leave my body. And, and man, that's, that's super powerful. So how has it been, you know, um, we're definitely in the, in, if I put my foot in my mouth here, definitely correct me. I don't know a lot of the proper terminologies, but I do know that the, um, we're in the age of Aquarius now, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, along with a lot of this from what I observe, and from what I see and like what I, when I focus on what a lot of like the YouTube content I absorb, um, we talk about the feminine energy rising. And mm-hmm. to me, that's super, I, I love facilitate, facilitating this. I have a, I have a, a friend, my um, friend, Josh, um, who was on the podcast a couple of days ago, he had explained to me a few weeks back, basically like pointed out to me something I didn't really notice, um, my vulnerability as a male, um, to, to discuss these things. He was like, it's very, it's, it's, um, I don't know if you use the word important, but, uh, he pointed it out and thanked me for it and said that it's good and and, and it it will help, um, um, you know, facilitate conversations that I think need to happen. So using my voice and my, um, my strong, though I'm a male, I have strong feminine energy or I have uh, at least some, some sort of understanding of it. So I see, you know, in the world, this feminine energy, rising up and I think it's it's like oh of course we need it right now like it's it's exactly what we need so do you see um how do you see feminine energy and let's also how would you describe 
uh, for someone who is like, what are you talking about, bro? Feminine energy, masculine energy? Like, what is that? What are you even saying? Like, can you try to explain that to someone who's never heard the terminology before? And then where do you see it happening in our in our world? Yes. Okay. I'm so excited that you brought this up. I love this. Um, yeah. So for first and foremost, we have like our inner child, right? We have our maternal, inner maternal, inner paternal, which is like feminine to masculine energy. So you have an inner masculine, inner feminine energy within everybody. So the masculine energy is like a, the provider, the caretaker, the working bee, the busy, like, okay, I got this, you know what I mean? And kind of creates the space for the feminine energy, which is like creative and flowing and like soft and gentle and like still empowered. But like, so they, you know, like yin and yang, like they Mm -hmm. work together, they mush together, they need each other to, um, you know, be whole and be complete and be really at peace. Um, so when you have the masculine energy, which is uh, more like more pro- predominant, I guess, which is kind of where the world has been for many centuries, mm-hmm. it's really based on a lot of ego, a lot of like intensity, a lot of really, I don't know, like not trusting the feminine, um, a lot of like, I don't, I don't know how to explain this other than just like sharp tongue, like just really really intensely sharp, really intensely, like, it's just, yeah, just like the most egotistical, I guess, human being, which sounds kind of shitty to say, is like probably not in tune with our feminine energy. Um, And then when you have the feminine energy that doesn't trust the masculine energy, um, you tend to like shove the masculine down. And that's where you kind of get the push pull where they're like going, going, going. You see a lot of women that are like going, going, going and working really hard and trying to like overcompensate for that masculine energy, but they're almost like on a rat wheel. And they're not really mm-hmm. getting anywhere. They're not really creating like that abundance or like, um, you know, a lot of women feel stuck, but most of those women um, or men, I guess I shouldn't stereotype, but most of those women or men who um, feel stuck tend to not trust their masculine energy. And they kind of need that to like create what they're going for, create what they're doing, I guess you could say. Um, so now we're kind of anchoring that in. Um, opening up that door to like feminine energy and um yeah that's kind of where the age of Aquarius comes in um because we need it we've had a really masculine world and it's kind of led us to where we're at right now and I don't know about you guys but (laughs) it's pretty shitty yeah we we can't keep doing just the only masculine (laughs) thing without looking at our valuable resource of um a balance with feminine energy of you know I mean we got to look at if we continue to do things exactly the way in which we have been doing them, do we have optimal chances of survival? And the answer is literally no right now. I mean, which we need to listen to and say, okay, what can we do differently? Like what voices in the room can we bring to the forefront, to, to the, to the front of the table? Like, you know, like it's, it's time for the way in which we've been doing things. Like, thank you. You've served us well but it's time for something new. It's time to listen to new voices because we need, we need creative and, um, um, creative, loving and gentle, um, new opportunities for our ways of being as, as a culture, as a society. But we also, at the same time, I will say, um, we need to not throw out the masculine energy. We need to be, Mm -hmm. we need to be assertive. We need to get our damn work done. 
Um, we need to, uh, we need to be strong. Um, but, but I think that, you know, combining the, the feminine energy with the masculine energy in our culture, it just seems so apparent how, how much power that will really bring us. Like what's really this, this holding hands of divine parts within human beings, um, that were, we've for a long time just kind of suppressed and kept down the, the feminine energy. And so, um, for someone listening who still has no idea when we're talking about feminine energy and masculine energy, um, all males and females have masculine and feminine energy. Mm-hmm. It's like, like yin and yang ball, I guess. That's what, that's the only way that I can explain it is like, you just, you need them both. But yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, um, super intense too, because for like, in order to kind of spread that, um, we need a lot of women, but mostly men to be more vulnerable and be more open. Cause as a society, as a society, we have ultimately let, um, men kind of shut down. Like we shut men down for having feelings, for having emotions, for having, you know, like opening up for being creative, for being, you know, like, okay, go out in the field, go work, uh, take care of your family, provide. Um, but you know, don't, don't open up. You can't cry. You can't like express yourself or whatever, you know, it's kind of viewed in that way. And I think that anchoring in the feminine energy is kind of opening up that doorway of like, okay, you know, men should express themselves men and not like, this isn't just, I guess, at men, but as a society, that's kind of what we've mm-hmm. leaned toward. Um, we've leaned toward like not allowing them to express themselves, but yeah, so I think that that's kind of where we're heading in is like empowering the feminine energy, but also allowing the masculine energy to like open up and feel really good about expressing and releasing because that's what we need is releasing. We need to sh- shed. We need to dive deep into the shadow and the emotions and whatever that looks like. Um, so, yeah. Cool. I, I, you just said shadow. Let's talk about shadow work. Like what is what is our shadow? I mean, because we have a, you know, th- there's a collective shadow and that's, Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's like, that's a couple podcasts worth of describing like how we're, how we're living alongside that and with that, uh, within each of our psyches, but, um, shadow work. So, so these are, these are terminologies that if I would have read four years ago, I would, I would disregard them. I would, I would brush them off. I'd be like, that's some weird hippie shit that I don't mess with. So like, I, I, I want to try to connect to my old foolish, naive self um, like, or, or people who are, you know, maybe coming in from, from that same location. Like I want to, I don't want to lose them here. I want to, I want to keep them, um, like, like, you know, these are just words to describe things that, uh, belong within, within each of us, you know, with, with deep within our, within our psyche and in our consciousness and, um, our, our being as individuals, um, and our being as a, as a collective. So, um, words like, like, like shadow work. Um, wh- how do we explain this to someone who's, who's never heard any of these terminologies before? I'm sorry, JC, I'm giving you like these very difficult questions. Thanks for hanging with me. On this. No, you're totally fine. No, I love it. Um, so shadow work is like the parts of yourself that you don't see. So that can mean good or bad. Um, most of the time we kind of, and I say that quote unquote bad, there is no good or bad. There just is. Um, I've, that's like a whole other perspective I'm sorry um but yeah we it's good or bad so it can mean like all of the 
really good qualities that maybe like other people can see you as but you don't always see yourself as like you kind of downplay your good qualities um but somebody else could explain to you like oh wow like she's a superstar or he's a superstar they do this this and they're like and then you look at yourself you're like oh wow okay like I would have never viewed myself as that or on the other perspective the quote-unquote bad it's like all of the things that you have kind of shoved in your closet and you refused or like in your suitcase you like refuse have refused to kind of look at it or have Mm -hmm. like not been able to see it and so it's like unpacking like all of your childhood trauma emotional trauma um you know all the pain um because pain is energy but pain energy forms into like reality i guess you could say so like um you know stress and um whatever stress comes out and like knots in your shoulder so you create that energy um and so yeah ultimately it's like massaging those out but like emotionally i guess you could say Mm. yeah i like that uh i i it's it's funny i feel like you were you, you triggered me right when you started talking, uh, talking about shadow work being not only the things that you are ashamed of, the things that you're, you know, you know, that are that are in your past that you don't like to look at that when you bring it back up, it's painful to, to look at because I, I went through a lot of that, like where I'm like trying to make myself face myself from before. But I mm-hmm. still work, you know, I, I'm still actively the, the, the shadow work side of um uh, um, self-worth in, in absorbing compliments and um, listening when people say say thank you or like you know the the messages when people are like wow thank you for making that video or thank you for saying this on your podcast that really helped me or thank you for sharing this post or whatever like I still have a lot of trouble with that and, and um, that's interesting to, that's cool to call it shadow work too because those are things that I a- actively struggle with. Like I've, I've looked at my demons. I've, um, you know, I've, I've gone toe to toe with those guys. Those, the, the things of my past. I've made, I've made um, amends in, in, in my own psyche. I've, I've accepted things um, from my own past within my own self. But in, in the, in the present, when it comes to, um, just believing people. You know, we, we talked the other day about imposter syndrome. Just believing people yes. when they say like thank you or like hey you helped me or or whatever and not immediately thinking like well if if you knew me and you knew all my deepest deepest darkest secrets you wouldn't be thanking me you would hate me like there's still that you know that that i work with and i and i try to be gentle and, and kind to myself um, but it's not always easy you know i try to notice when it happens but sometimes it gets by me and i end up self-loathing for three hours you know so um imposter syndrome too i feel like we could work that in in here Do, have you ever dealt with imposter syndrome yourself Good Lord. <laughs> like I, that was actually super like triggering for me. Cause like, I've never put it into words. You know what I mean? Like that was, I've, it's come up more frequently late, lately, like you and like another girl I follow on Instagram posted something about it. So I think it's like surfacing for a reason, mm. um, for not only, you know, you and I individually, but the collective, I feel like we kind of all collectively go through certain things. Um, at the same time, oddly enough. Um, and so that's kind of something that's popping up. But yeah, going through imposter syndrome, I haven't really like dove super deep into it, but just from the conversation the other day, like, wow, just to put like all of my worry and anxiety and like, you know, downplaying, like that is, you know, shadow work, the good shadow work, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is like something I definitely also need to work on is 
you know, seeing the value in who I am and what I bring to the table um, and like how just, yeah, just how I am as a person. And I really downplay that. I really overstress. Like I, I will say something, sometimes I'll say something in public and I'll come home and be like, Jace, is that awkward? Like, was I weird saying that? Like, Dude, and that he's like, no, you're fine. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, we convince ourselves of the silliest things. I, uh, totally. I, um, what, what is great is, is through, through the community that's being built and that has been built, you know, like through the podcast and a lot of us who are in the same area doing our, doing our work, like, you know, you and I will message each other with just like flame emojis or like, Hey, keep going like that sort of stuff. Like we, you know, this supportive, um, of, of, of our like inner healing friend group who are, who are people who are trying to like put on, put on and, um, um, help, help others, you know, and, uh, I'll, I'll notice, uh, um, Jay Sugawa, she'll, she'll message me. She is so encouraging. She's so positive. She's so sweet. She like, she really, she speaks right past my bullshit, even through messages and just speaks to my soul. And she's like, Hey, this is awesome. Or like, Hey, you're great. Or like, this is beautiful. I love this side of you or, or whatever. And it's so hard for me to listen to her sometimes, but, but mm-hmm. I, I know that it's good. And I know that what she's saying is, is true, but I'll have these guards up where I'm like, I'm not so good. Like uh, if you only knew me, you know, whatever. Um, I was actually going to, so this, um, this, mess i don't know if we could see it here but this is the um imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome post that we had shared back and forth um i was thinking what what do you think about me reading the caption do you remember the caption being pretty profound uh i didn't i just read like the actual post that you posted but please read it i would love to hear it okay so so the post was uh it was from a couple days ago from anxiety support.info this is on on instagram and um it's kind of kind of a lengthy um, um, read here, but it's it's worth it. So, when I was reading this, I remember feeling like, dude, did they hack into my notes and like copy this and post it on there? So, um, it, this is about imposter syndrome. So, imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern where a person feels internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. My sense of self is unstable and I always feel like my personality is just a bunch of scattered fragments. The same fear plays in my head over and over. The fear that I have been faking my entire personality and image and someone finally looks beneath the mask to uncover my true self, which is a bad person. I keep having this intrusive thought that I'm faking being a good person and I'm actually terribly selfish and cruel and I'm just pretending to care about other people. Logically, I know that that is very unlikely. Logically, I know that I'm just an average person who tries to be as kind as much as she can, but sometimes acts wrongly or says something hurtful, like most other people do as well. But imposter syndrome tells me that I'm terrible, and it's just a matter of time before everyone finds out and abandons me. I struggle deeply to feel like I deserve any praise or compliments or achievements or successes because I didn't work hard enough, and deep inside, I'm not a good person. Almost nothing feels earned or deserved. There's this looming feeling that everything will be taken away when people realize that I don't deserve them. If I get a job, I feel guilty because I think I tricked the employer into thinking I'm capable. When I get a nice DM on here, there's a voice in the back of my head that says, they wouldn't have said that if they knew who you really are deep inside. The more successes I have, the more intensely I feel that imposter syndrome becoming louder. I have been practicing intense self-compassion to alleviate my imposter syndrome. I could tell you more about self-compassion in my next post if anyone is interested in how I use it uh, to cope with imposter syndrome as well as my mental health disorders. But yeah, this is a little bit of how imposter syndrome feels to me. Do you relate? How much does your imposter syndrome manifest? And what are some ways you cope? 
So that's, uh, again, from anxietysupport.info. I don't know the author. I don't know their name, but wow. Thank you to whoever took the time to write that out and be so vulnerable because, wow, you know, like reading that is just like, it's, it's so, um, it, it just resonates so much, you know, and, and I'm, I am glad that I'm in a place where it's not just triggering though. It's not just like, Oh, okay. That's uncomfortable. It's like, Oh, that's something that I am still working on. You know, I can, I can almost hold space for myself just in reading it because it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not alone in this. Like there's someone else who deals with this as, as well, you know? And, um, yeah, I, I, man, I just, I just really love that post. I totally had to read it. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you did. That was actually like such a good read and such a good perspective. Um, and it's really intense, like that intense feeling of like not feeling like you're good enough and not feeling like you're, or like you're, yeah, like you're showing up and like not feeling like you feel authentic, but then after the aftermath, your anxiety kicks in or imposter syndrome kicks in and you're like, wait, was that like, where am I at? What's happening? You know what I mean? Like, who am I? Yeah. Yeah, I I think for me I um it it shows up for me in my comparison in myself now. Like I I know you can't just say like no no I'm a changed person so anything anything shitty I ever did like just doesn't it doesn't mean anything anymore. There, there's mm-hmm. some extent of that, but there's also um and maybe it's maybe it's a lot of kind of like growing up in a, a small town area. Like we have um our, like we I I'm so afraid that when people see me now or they're watching this like they only see me as who I was when I was 22. And they're like, mm-hmm. I know that motherfucker. He ain't like that. You know what I mean? Oh my and, God. I cringe right. all the time. Oh, that's like my biggest, yeah. Biggest fear. Yeah. I hear you. Oof. Well, I, I, I do get, um, I do get enough messages in, in people who re- that does resonate with, and they say the same thing. Like a lot of people who, you know, like, I don't even know them that well, but we've met at parties or we've, we've seen each other at the bar or I know them, you know, I've met them through, through me DJing and being in the same environments or whatever. And, um, a lot of them will message me and say, you know, I, I deal with this too. Um, I've changed so much that I, you, you want, when you, when you meet people or you see people who you used to know, you, you almost, you want to control who, who you are in their eyes. You're like, please don't see mm-hmm. me as that person I used to be because I've changed so much that you're going to be talking to someone who's not really here anymore, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, I, I think that that comes with a lot, of, a lot of healing, a lot of self-worth, uh, self-work. And, um, you know, th- th- this is probably a process of, of letting that go, like letting go, um, what other people think about you for sure but also allowing yourself the space to just be like, I'm changed. And as long as I know it and I'm, I'm acting as if like, that's, that's enough. That's okay with me. They they can think what they want. Um, but I would love the opportunity to prove to them now that I'm, um, you know, more stepped into myself, but Mm -hmm. it's a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. I hear you. I love that. That's like such a good perspective. Yeah. Just being comfortable with like, um, where you're at what you're doing and which is very hard for our community and just our society in general especially with like comparison we have huge social social media platforms high expectations Mm -hmm. um that we you know feel like we have to most of us anyway feel like we have to kind of upkeep with and like in reality like who gives a shit we don't have to do anything we don't want to do we you know compare ourselves and we yeah just 
comparing ourselves to even in the past, which like the past isn't even present. So it doesn't, you know, all of that, that's another perspective of the power of now, like the past, the past isn't here. It's not right in this moment. Like it, it's not affecting this present moment unless you allow it to affect this present moment and like your mentality. So it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Um, and obviously I know easier said than done, but that's something I always have to kind of hold on to is like, uh, I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. I know like all the change and the growth that's really happened. So, um, as long as I just keep continuously showing up for myself, like that's enough and that's good. We're good to go. And it doesn't really matter what, you know, other people think. Yeah. Cause if you're, you know, you're kind of, st- you almost get stuck in the past when you're constantly thinking you need to prove to people in your past that you're not that person anymore. You know, uh, it's, it's almost, it's almost a waste of your time. Like you don't need to prove to anybody about yourself. You know, you're the one living your lived experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so how do you use in, in your healing, how do you use things like journaling, meditation, um, like, um, um, the, these active it's in its, I think it would also be important to, to maybe explain to people who, who don't do journaling or they don't do meditation or they don't do, um, you know, even things like prayer, even things like, um, um, positive affirmations, listening to positive affirmations on YouTube, like the, the work, right. To, to get our, our minds Mm -hmm. into an optimal loving state. Um, let's give the, let's hear about your, your journey with, with journaling, meditation, these sorts of things. And then let's try to give like a, an elevator pitch to someone who doesn't do these things, like try to convince (laughs) them that they should. Yeah. Um, so my journey, I don't know, like, I feel like my brain is like, like it's always going, um, and it's just like crazy. So starting out with meditation was extremely hard for me. And then it's also funny because my brain goes like this all the time. It's like, I need to do this and this and this. But then when I sit down to journal, sometimes it's really hard for me to like Mm. sit down and create. So I'm just putting this up front because a lot of the times people who don't want to start, they sit down, they're like, well, I can't really meditate. I'm not super good at it. Or like, I don't know what to journal. Um, Yeah. My process in that was navigating and finding ways that it worked into my life and not just like the general population's life. Um, And that's kind of what I preach, especially with my clients that I work with is um, finding like certain prompts for journaling to where it's like easy and you're kind of effortlessly like they have like um like journals that you can use that have like okay tell me how you're feeling about this on this day so um I had to start using little things like that to kind of get me motivated to um you know write out my feelings and my process um on the journaling aspect for meditation I started really slow I started doing like 10 minute guided meditations because that's about all I could sit down and do in one time frame in one moment was just like 10 minutes out of my day um, with somebody kind of guiding me through it and talking me through it. Um, now I can sit and listen to like certain frequencies and I can sit for a little bit longer than that. Um, and so that's kind of how that process went. But now, you know, certain journaling, like uh, I keep, I have so many different notebooks randomly like throughout the house. So when I'm like thinking of something I want to write down, I can you know, just jot down like affirmations or like if I need a little pick me up to do something. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like how I've transitioned from like not wanting to do it to like, okay, I'm doing it to like, okay, yeah, like I need to take time out of my day. Like that's, you know, an important aspect of my life. 
and has really helped my healing process along yeah. the way. So yeah, a lot of times we don't really know what we need to say. We don't know what we think until we think it, or we don't know what we think until we say it, or we don't know what we're what what needs to be said until it's said. Those sorts of things. We we don't know exactly. Sometimes you'll write. You're like have some sort of intuition and you're kind of writing something like hey, it's kind of in this subject it's in this area and you write it or you write a half a page or you write just one paragraph or one sentence and you read it back and you're like wow like i didn't i don't realize i had that in me i didn't realize i needed to to get that and um it's not about it's not about writing down things you know that you're going to turn into your meditation teacher and he's going to give you a red ink pen grade like yeah b minus you didn't really you didn't connect with self very much when you wrote that sentence it's uh it's it's really for you there's no rules like I, that that was a big thing for me was um in in the basement at the old place i mean i was like write anything that comes to mind if it seems profound in the moment allow it to be profound in the moment write it on the wall write it on sticky notes write it in your notebooks write it on this paper type it up whatever you got to do to get it out because it seems like a lot of this stuff the, the the psychological burdens that we carry when they're ready to be dealt with they come up and you can either have a reaction that will kind of, you know, maybe push it back down or like, I'm not ready to deal with this. Or you can say, okay, this, this feeling is coming up and I'm, I'm ready to allow it to come out. I'm, I'm allow I'm going to allow it to process in whatever way it needs to begin processing. And a lot of times that means allowing the, the, allowing the words to fall out of your fingertips, you know, and just mm-hmm. saying what you need to say and, and just saying what, you don't realize you need to say. I think just sitting down, we're so fast paced nowadays. We're so, you know, bite-sized electronic. Like if, if you can pull out your notepad on your phone and you can type some stuff, excellent, do it. If that's what works mm-hmm. for you. Um, but for me, there was really something about pen and paper, writing down, journaling, like free writing, allowing it to never be read, allowing it to never have to be presented to people or be a certain way. It's crazy how healing that can be. Hundred percent, yeah. No, and I love that too. And it's just, yeah. But even in those moments, though, sometimes I still like get cringy with myself when you're like, mm-hmm. and that's I'm just bringing this up because it's human nature. Because sometimes we sit down and we kind of anticipate, and not everyone, but um, we anticipate journaling to be like this really like beautiful, like, um, and it is in what it is. But um, I guess just a different angle and a different perspective. Like sometimes I write things down and I'm like, like. Oh, I hope nobody, you know real. nobody's gonna read this but like oh, yeah. what are you doing like yes. it can be pretty gnarly but like that's part of the healing process and a part of you know journaling in itself so oh, yeah you know that's actually a pretty important important thing to point out just that you know we've used words like cringy or like oh you know we're describing that but I think that really resonates with a lot of people man like I for example, um, a, a few months ago, um, you know, and I'm still, I'm still healing from this. I'm, I went through a big breakup and mm-hmm. I, I, it's hard to know like where I'm at with it. It's hard to know where I'm at in the healing of it. It's hard to know where I stand with it. And I've had a few times where I get home from work and I'm, you know, I'll, I'll um, you know, put, put some tunes on and I'm like, let's just write. And the first thing that comes up is like, you know, dear ex-girlfriend, <laughs> you know, what, and it just, and not that you're going to send it to her or, or whatever. It's just kind of, but I'll write a half page and be like, oh my God, like if anybody ever read this, it's just embarrassing and it's just cringy is, is the perfect word. But when it comes to healing, I mean, I, I remember when I first began, when I was dealing with a lot of um, um, suicidal thoughts and I was dealing with a lot of self-loathing and, and really just was not liking the person that I was being, 
um, I sat down and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And once I started inserting positivity or I started um, allowing these things to come out or it, it, it all felt fake. It, it felt fickle. It felt like it was fabricated. I was like, what am I doing? Thinking I could do some sort of spiritual work. Like, what the hell is this spiritual stuff? It feels so fake. And it, I think it goes right in hand with that cringiness that we feel, you know, um, that, that like, ugh, who am I to heal? Who, who am I to deserve this healing? Who am I to write something? Who am I to write a, a letter to my ex that she'll never read to help heal? You know, I, I think these are very human things that come up. What, what do you think? Like, have you experienced anything like that? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, like behind the scenes, like your, your being, your, your soul, like your whole identity in that moment um, is like rejecting the new identity that you're creating. Oh, wow. And yeah. yeah and so like when you're like, um, like rewriting, I guess your identity, because ultimately that's like what you're doing. You're like, your body naturally wants to be like, no, like I'm, I'm comfy. I'm sitting here. I'm comfy in this, you know, semi-misery um, just because we don't feel worthy of being that positive, that uplifting, that whatever, which is also in itself child. It's all childhood trauma. Like everything that we do in our everyday lives is all stemmed to how we were raised and what that looks like. Um, so yeah that's just another perspective so every time you're like cringing you're like I'm just think like I'm you know rejecting this change and that's okay but you know what I'm gonna just keep going through it and moving through it so yeah yeah you f- f- almost forgiving yourself like oh, okay that's that thing popping up let's just allow it like let's let's allow it to pass because this is part of the part of the the story this is part of the process um when it comes to things like childhood trauma I think we should talk more about that because you know I, I try to put my, put myself in the shoes of, of like, like sometimes I'll be, you know, going pretty in depth. I'll, I'll explain kind of what happened to me when I was a child or like, here's how, here's what, here's a part of my trauma. Here's a piece of, and then I think like, you know, if, if, if my mom were to be listening to this episode, which my mom doesn't listen to this, but if she were like, would I, the way that I explain things, you know, it's, it's hard to, to come to terms with it. I'm like, I, you know, I'm not trying to insult her. I'm not trying to, um, you know, point out like, this is all that you were to me was only these terrible things, you know, to my parents, because there's a lot of loving things. And now I totally just see like, oh, you were just, you know, you were loving me to the best of your ability. Like you were raised by family. You were raised by parents who have their own collective trauma who who taught you things that they thought were the best for you at the time and they just didn't work out and for the for the for the trickle down um so because because i think i think everybody kind of has childhood trauma right in, in a sense like you you have things that you learned at um uh very uh, uh pinpoint times in your life in your psychological development as a biological human being that trained you to be certain ways or learn i've used this example before you might be afraid of snakes today because when you were six and a half a dude with a snake on his shirt yelled at you you know mm-hmm. and, and 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 you could say oh that's childhood trauma this guy with the snake shirt traumatized me and it's not about finding the victimizer because then you get stuck in being a victim that's not what childhood trauma is about it's about recognizing the the the, the patterns um, that are no longer serving you in an adult that were taught to you 
as a child. Correct me if I'm wrong there. That's kind of what childhood trauma brings to me. What, 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 mm-hmm. Does that sound about right to you, JC? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a kind of a like fickle thing when you're navigating through it all and you like don't want to offend your parents. But what's that? There's like a post or a phrase or a saying that's like, you can have um, like trauma and still like, like childhood trauma, like, you know, issues with like your parents or whatever and still love them and respect them for who they are today. Like those two can correlate and like live comfortably together. Um, just because you have your trauma doesn't mean that you completely view, you know, the other person in the situation or whatever as completely bad. It just is something that happened to you and it's okay to express that and communicate and navigate through that trauma, however you please. Um, and to not allow easier said than done, not allow that fear of like hurting somebody else, um, moving through your trauma, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's something that we definitely come, come up against. Um, and then, you know, we, we change our story about it as we heal it or we change, um, uh, you know, at, at least our perspective about it and our, the, the, the narrator of our everyday life that's playing in our head begins to form new opinions. But at the beginning it does feel fickle. It feels fake. It feels, um, imposterish. It feels, um, it, it feels like, uh, to me, sometimes it feels like blame. Like I'm, I'm trying to find someone to, to blame for why I suck at this thing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, to, why, why I suck at this thing now is because I was hurt when I was five, and and that helps me justify why I continue to do these bad behaviors or something. And and that's not exactly the way to go. <laughs> no, no. So there's like there's two ways to go about that too. So there's justifying it and then sitting in it and being like that's just the way I am you know what I mean like this happened to me when I was younger and I feel like that's kind of justifying it but there is also a really empowering feeling and realizing and recognizing where that stems from um because that's ultimately how you can release your childhood trauma is finding it at the base and like I always elaborate this way like going in blowing it up um, there's still going to be little particles around that you kind of need to sweep up mm. as you go. But that's kind of like how you navigate through your childhood trauma is like going through. So I, there's like the victimhood where you just kind of sit in it or there's like the growth mindset where like, yeah, that happened to me. I'm aware that happened to me, but that um, I'm also aware that I'm capable of, you know, blowing that trauma up and releasing it and like shedding those layers and, um, you know, empowering myself within that trauma, um, redirecting my, you know, pathways or timelines from, you know, past to present. Yeah. So. Okay. Let's do, um, uh, I have a proposition for you. What, what if I, I come to you? Um, so, so say I'm, I'm, I'm one of your clients. Um, you, you picked up a male client and I, I come to you and, um, we have our one-on-one session and, um, I say basically like I can't stop thinking about the fact that um, let's say for an example let's say I was I was sexually abused when I was a child and it has affected me as as a twenty something year old male and uh, it's part I think about it every day and uh, I hate the people who did it and or blah 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 so say I come to you and I'm like wh- wh- where do I start how can I how can I forgive them how can I let go of this need to hold on to that part of my story. Um, obviously this is like very intense, you know, this is not a blanket statement that you can give everybody who's gone through these situations. But if you were someone 
if I was someone who I'm like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to meet the challenges. I'm ready to do the work. I know this is painful. I know this is, this is deep, but, uh, I'm, I'm ready to tackle this. Like, what, what do I do, JC? What do I do? What do you do? Okay. So perfect. That is something that I do like to work with people, um, uh, is actually sexual trauma. So childhood trauma and sexual trauma. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it would be over a course of time. So I do offer, you know, like different timeframes of courses, obviously to the comfort of each person that comes to me, what they feel like doing. Um, but for that, it would be like a, an ongoing process where we would kind of meet like this. I have Zoom calls with my clients or FaceTime, whatever. Um, and there's like a few different dynamics that you can do. Ultimately, um, that kind of lies in like your like sacral chakra, because that's kind of where like your sexuality, your, you know, for women, that's like your womb area. That's where all of that trauma lies. And then ultimately up to your solar plexus too, which is like your confidence and whatnot, because your confidence obviously drops down um, in that dynamic too. So your lower three chakras are ultimately um, like distorted, kind of, you know, traumatized. Um, You're ungrounded you're dealing with sexual wounds and then you're dealing with like your confidence. And so with each of those, I navigate in like a different dynamic for each of those. Um, but I would probably start with expressing that because a lot of people who come to me don't know about where those lie because your trauma, each different trauma lies in different areas of your body. Um, and then expressing that, giving them certain exercises and activities based off of, you know, each chakra and what, um, what they need, what I feel like they need the most, we'll kind of go through each day with each, um, you know, different one. Um, and then another thing that I do is, um, I have like a guided, I've recorded this myself. I have like a guided meditation where I kind of make you face, um, the person that's hurt you. Um, yeah. And you sit like in a room and you, um, I guide you through and allow you to express by closing your eyes, express how you want to speak to that person, how you want to um, let your anger out. Um, you know, you can like hit pillows, you can hit whatever the case may be, just kind of like really releasing all of that anger, um, frustration. You know, I, I do this too myself, um, you know, you end up crying you end up really just being like really empowered. And then at the end of that, I have kind of like an inner child activity um, exercise um, where you kind of like speak to your child in like the time frame where that trauma happened um, and just kind of like spiritually and energetically supporting that child and showing up for them in a way that you maybe didn't get like protection wise. Cause you know, sometimes situations like that happen and you are rightfully protected or um, you know, just telling them that it's going to be okay and that life, you know, life gets better and that you ultimately are going to heal. Um, yeah. So that's kind of just a few different ways that I navigate yeah. very lightly, but, but yeah. 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 So, so you bring up, so it's, it's essentially sounds like, you know, you get, it's like, okay, th- this person who experienced this tough thing when they were younger, um, they're ready to, to, you know, attack it. They're ready to face it. They're ready for to, for, they're ready for the next step in the healing process on, on the healing path, um, whatever that looks like for them as individuals. So you're going to get them in a, a safe environment um, to basically, you know, 
bring back up that thing, but also, you know, where, where our, our, you know, amygdala and our brainstem response, when we think about those things, you know, our heart rate increases, our palms get sweaty, um, knees weak, vomit on my sweater already. Uh, Sorry. Um, but our, you know, we are that biological response. Like we can all feel it. You know, when you think of something traumatic that happened to you, a lot of times it's, um, you know, like if, if you deal with intrusive thoughts, like those come up and you're like, uh, like, uh, like it's another little cringy sort of thing. But exactly. when you yeah. can, when you can slowly, softly with love, with space, um, with the support of, of, of a guide to, um, bring those, bring those back up in, in a safe environment and say like, okay, you know, I, I recognize my body is, is initiating this fear response. Um, it is, it is trying to, you know, my, my, my bi- biological vehicle is attempting to relive this to some extent, but it's okay. I'm in a safe spot. Um, I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm, I'm here. Like, let's look at this as my adult version of myself. Let's talk to my, to my six-year-old version of myself. Um, man, that's so powerful. And I will say, um, I, I haven't done, I haven't done your guided meditation, JC, but I have had experiences. I may have talked to you about this before, but um, it's been over a year now. But when I was going through this, I had some periods of just, I mean, I was, I was taking, I was doing crazy amounts of yoga, tons of breath work, lots of meditation, um, lots of like hypnosis, um, just uh, smoking a lot of cannabis, a lot of CBD, nootropics. Mm-hmm. I was in another dimension basically trying to heal all this stuff. Um, but I, I actually had pretty profound, um, you know, a, a rather euphoric, you know, psychedelic experience um, by listening, like listening to all these frequencies and stuff. And, and um, obviously like, you know, good, good amounts of marijuana in the right settings in a right, very, very safe environment. I had my speakers on the floor, like right next to me doing like deep yoga stretches for hours and hours. Um, and I had, I don't think this is how everybody would, would experience it. You know, like I was, I was under, under the influence of quite a few things in, in a sense, you know, um, uh, just like with, with nootropics and cannabis and the, in the, the, um, sounds and, and all this stuff, yeah. breath work. But I, I basically visualized my younger self, like my, like teenage year self actually. Um, and basically had like a little, unplanned ceremony that that happened of me kind of i i saw and and again this isn't like you know god walked into my room and i saw him clear as day as you you and i like i'm i was aware that it wasn't um um the 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 same physical here and now reality this was um, um a psychological experience but i basically kind of saw my younger teenage year self in the room with me I had a long crying session. I thanked him for for the man that he was in in, in the the armor that he put on to survive the things that I was going through yeah. at that time. Um, and, and it was basically this like, I got out of my own way and I thanked this younger version of myself. And I said, I, I got this from here though. It's it's okay. Like I, you, we can take off that armor. It's okay. I, I got you from here. So I basically showed up for my younger self as a grown man and it psychologically helped me massively. Like it, it it turned on things. It healed things within me. Um, it was, it was a profound experience. And I, and I, uh, through a lot of that area, I, I now consider it's like, Oh, like I had around this time is when I had like an spiritual awakening, um, which is, you know, an, an intense terminology. It's an intense word. It's like, I, again, if I would have heard this years ago, I would turn off this podcast right now. Cause I'd be like, that's <laughs> some weird shit that I don't mess with. But, uh, that's how it was for me. I, I had an awakening of, of my true self and I, and I, um, I healed my, my younger, um, you know, childhood wounds that were really affecting me in many ways. 
and I'm still mm-hmm. working on all these sorts of things, but that was a pretty profound one. Um, and yeah. I, I think, you know, pe- people have their own versions of access to this and it's, it is very healing. And I think it's super mm-hmm. great that you offer, you offer a, a doorway, a pathway for other people with that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. That's super powerful. And that's so cool. And that's something that, um, you know, a lot of people trouble, like have trouble navigating through is like really facing that. So props to you for being able to kind of sit in your own space and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. So I got going on, but it is really powerful. And yeah, also forgiving yourself too, like your childhood self for like, you know, being like, the person like you had to wear that armor until you couldn't you know what I mean like you have to put on those coping mechanisms and protecting like protecting yourself to a sense and um yeah like it is an important role and an important factor um to be able to grow and be who you are today going through your spiritual awakening like you wouldn't have had a spiritual awakening if you didn't have that armor that you needed to kind of like chisel away like you said you know what I mean yeah exactly yeah, oh, man, it's uh, well, it's, it's it's actually you know I will say just uh just putting a pin in where I'm at like it's it's beautiful to actually be able to express that more clearly now like as time passes in in this experience for me um, becomes more in my rearview mirror I'm able to process what it really did for me you know and it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see like like if I you know if I'm sharing that story in ten years like maybe it'll like like what's this gonna look like how how's it gonna reframe the person that I am Yeah. I love that. Also, I wanted to add to just before we like transitioned into the next. Um, but when you have like sexual trauma too, you tend to whether it's with a male like or a female, whoever, whatever that happens, you tend to have a wound within your like masculine or feminine energy too. So a lot of the times, like as a woman going through sexual trauma, you tend to that's where like beating down the masculine energy internally comes in and then you overcompensate with that feminine energy. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. That kind of all correlates together, just so you know. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I think that's probably an important piece. I bet you that that sentence right there will probably speak to, to quite a few people. Um, okay. So, so if, if the, the situation we just expressed, the situation we just talked about, of course they can contact you, you have a website and they can, um, if, if they're ready to process these things and, and they're getting the right vibes from, from um, speaking with you or, or seeing you on here, they can reach out to you. But um, what are what are some other off the top of your head? Like, what are some resources if someone's like, "Wow, okay, maybe I'm, I'm ready to experience that." Like, that sounds like like I, I think I'm ready to, to face those things. I want to heal these things. Like, where would be where would be your suggestion for a, a starting point? Someone who just wants to kind of start diving into these things or or dip their little toe in the water. What what do you think? Where would we send them? Where would we send them? Um... I would just say, I don't know, like, I feel like as corny as it sounds sometimes, like Instagram really does have a lot of, um, like platforms and opportunities for you to kind of like read and deep dive into the underlying like traumatic experiences and like the emotional, um, position behind it. Um, but yeah, there's like a, I don't even know. There's so many that I follow. I couldn't even pinpoint them, but just starting and, you know, finding hashtags that kind of correlate with like what you want to heal. Um, you know, anything like spirituality, if that's like something you're wanting to, wanting to dive into is just like awakening, hashtag awakening, hashtag 
you know, sexual trauma, hashtag, whatever, typing those in and finding like certain pages that really correlate with, um, mm. you know, what you're feeling, like your vibe. Because um, my vibe and the pages I follow can be completely different from, you know, the next person's that. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. kind of like tr- trusting what you're, you know, cause a lot of the, like I've, like I've stated multiple times already, you know, a lot of these, the words and the terminologies and the, you know, um, a, a lot of the, the more spiritual words are to someone who's very unconscious to someone who's very, um, set in their ways, who's not like kind of, kind of open in, into, or, or ready, ready to, ready to hear it rather. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, the terminology and the, and the things that are said on some of these accounts are a little like, Oh, that doesn't resonate with me. I don't get that. I don't know what they're talking about, you know, but as you reframe and you learn what these words mean and, and what they might mean to you as an individual, then you can, mm-hmm. you can flip that perspective. So I, I think you're totally right. I think that was a great example. Instagram, you know, that's something that I did. Um, I took a break, I had taken a break from social media during that time when I was healing. But when I came back, I was like, I want to, you know, if, if I'm going to have these little dopamine addictions, which I certainly do, I'm totally addicted to social media, just like everybody else. But I, yeah. I was like, let's at least make it to where if I'm mindlessly scrolling for five minutes, it's some positive affirmations. It's some, some, uh, inform- information about trauma. It's some stuff to like, uh, uh, trigger my ego to where I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm thinking this, you know? So yeah, mm-hmm. following these pages. Um, I really liked to, I, I would watch um, guys like Joe Rogan. I watched a ton of Joe Rogan and his guests. If I liked them or they seemed healing, I would follow them and check out their account. I'm like, oh, they got a book. I'm going to I'm gonna read that book or I'm going to follow their Instagram. And so, yeah, just I, I, I exactly what, what JC said. Follow your bliss, man. Like start making your daily habit of, of scrolling through social media, scrolling through Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. fo- follow follow more accounts that that speak to like the future version of you and that speak to in, in, in that 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 show up. Um, you know, with soft words for the the inner child within you. We all have our, our own inner child, and you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it needs to be spoken to. And Instagram's a great resource for that. So, yeah, hundred percent. And then I feel like it kind of spirals from there. Like that's just a good starting point. And then you know, researching certain books that you want to read if that's something you want to dive into. And then starting slow. That's like my my biggest advice that I could give to anybody like wanting to start their healing journey is like don't overwhelm yourself with like all of the things at one time like Mm. start with Instagram start with reading one book start with doing a 10-minute meditation start with a guided journal start with you know all of the little things that like can make up maybe even you know 30 minutes of your day um and like not Cause that's, I think where we get lost. We tend to get lost as human beings and like starting this as we were like, what's going on. I'm stuck. I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like, yeah, we tend to overload our plate. We're like, we have to do all of the things and we have to be good at them. And we have mm. to do them all right now. Like that's not the reality of the situation. You just have to start and start small, start somewhere. So that, that's really important actually, because someone <laughs> like me, I'm, like I get obsessed with things. I like, I'm, I'm all in. Like when I started doing this healing stuff, I'm like, yeah, if I'm awake, I'm listening to content about healing my childhood trauma. Like I'm all in, I'm doing, I'm going to do yoga for six hours today, or I'm going to, I'm going to try to meditate for as long as possible. Like I, and, and that's not the way for everybody. So that I, I love that you said that. I think it's very important that you said that match where you're actually at. Like if you're not, I'm just like a, a, intense dramatic person i just i do things differently like i have to just go all in it's just 
it's if I just become like into this obsessive loop about it and you know if, if that's not healthy for me that's on my own to figure out but um I get definitely I think that's a very important thing like take take one step at a time like if you if you don't have enough uh, I like um, Dr. Jordan Peterson talks about these sorts of things like if you know say say you're at a point of like I need to make a list for what I need to do today or I need to make a list of things that need to be taken care of this month and you just you're you're like oh, it's so overwhelming I can't do it like I can't make the list I can't think of all these things well what can you do I can go to my desk I, I can go to where I write and I could set out a piece of paper with a pen on top of it and then okay mm-hmm. let's let's walk around my room let's read my book let's play some video games whatever whatever your thing is and then like okay well what what else can I do what what do I have the energy to do I'm going to walk over there and I'm going to write one thing. I'm not going to get my whole month's schedule done. I'm going to write one thing though. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. you you can't make your whole bed. Well, hey, pull your your covers over, you know, make it look kind of made then. You know, it's it's so important. And I'm really glad that you said that, JC. Work work where you're at. 100%. Yeah. And that is something I also like tell clients that I work with because I try to not overwhelm them because it is really overwhelming sometimes. Um, navigating through things and uh, starting with, like you said, like a small list, right? Like one thing down, or if you feel like you can do more than that, right? Like three things down, do them and then finish, do a couple more things on the list and then do those and kind of move through that. But also one thing um, I do want to add to that is um, when you dive into the spiritual reality, um, we tend to look at so many different dynamics we have like the really really spiritual people which i love and appreciate them for who they are and then we have the you know the kind of new like just dipping their toe in like don't really know what's going on um and i also want to point out that for some people i had i struggled with this for a long time because i felt like i was like you know not new into it at this point but i'm also not like super like woke like i mean i am but like i'm not super like spiritual which i'm okay with and i you know respect the people for who they are but i almost felt like i had to live up to a certain spiritual standard and then i've talked to a friend girlfriend recently and um we've kind of come to this conclusion that like you can be extremely intuitive and really like psychically smart and spiritually intelligent and also still be like a human being and want to do nice things for yourself, like have nice clothes, have nice hair, have nice stuff all in the same swing. You know what I mean? And as a woman, you know, living up to certain societal standards and men too, like living up to certain societal standards um, and then correlating spirituality into that, we kind of think like, well, as a spiritual being, like I should not want to do any of those things. Like I should just want to live in a cabin in the woods and have no power and like not do my hair and like, you know, not shave or anything. And it's like, I mean, you can have the same intellectual spirituality as that person, but also want to, you know, have nice things. So being a human being is what I like to say, because being spiritual is like so alien form Mm -hmm. and being a human being, like we came here to be a human being. So be a fucking human being and correlate your spirituality into that and live it up, man, live your life. Yeah. 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 I love, uh, I love that you said that too. A lot of these things are, um, the, uh, in, in the meditation world, you can be like, you know, you're, you're a monk meditator and you wear robes and you, you live in the Tibetan mountains, or you could be a householder. 
Like you, you meditate mm-hmm. and you care about your conscious awareness, but you're a householder. You own a house. You live in, in the modern age. And then another one that resonates with that that I've been saying nonstop lately because I just love it and it's been huge in my life is uh, it was from either Timothy Leary or Ram Dass, but I heard Ram Dass repeat it. And it's uh, always remember your Buddha nature and your social security number. <laughs> Isn't that so great? That's so valid. That's so real. Because it is like today, like, I mean, you can go however, which way you please and respect to anybody out there who goes on whatever journey or pathway they choose. But yeah, like we are still human beings. We do still have a social security number. We do kind of still have to plug into the matrix. And we, you know, we do have to also step out of that and put ourselves before any of that in the same mm-hmm. swing. So. And, and yeah. I think that's huge for, for things like grounding, you know, and our, our lower chakras. I think that that's, we, we do need those things. We have to, you know, um, I'll find, I, I've definitely been one to be, you know, really locked into my, my higher up chakras and my feet are dangling way off the ground. I'm just way up, <laughs> up in my zone. And it's like, oh, it's, you got to get grounded, man. I mean, there's times in our lives and especially me as a creator, I think there is times where it is good for me to escape into the ethereal realm of of the crown and third eye chakra, but, um, you know, coming back down to reality and, and remaining grounded is what's the, the good homeostasis, that good balance. Um, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. so, so those things are, they're all important, you know, your Buddha nature and your social security number, very important. Um, JC, I would love to switch over to, I, I sent my homie last night. My, um, I have one of my, one of my good friends, um, one of my like close childhood friends, he's been, um, going, going through a lot of his own healing lately. Um, he's been, you know, you know, reading, reading some new books and, um, you know, doing the work. He's, he's, he's really diving in and he's doing so great. And last night I sent him, um, the 16 personalities, um, quiz Mm. and, uh, and I was so excited to hear his response and I'm like, Oh, what are you? Like, what's, uh, um, I think he was, a uh, INTP is what he landed on, but you and I, Miss JC are both INFJs. Um, (laughs) and for me, uh, again, this is something years ago that I would have been like, oh, okay, so that's like, I'm going to take that about as serious as I take our position on planet Earth versus the stars around us in astrology and like just things that I never took serious before. I never, just because I didn't know anything about them. I mm-hmm. I was, my judgments of these things were based off of a position of, of no knowledge on them. So I was just, I felt comfortable in thinking I knew anything about it by never exploring into it. So learning about... Um, you know, taking personality quizzes and it asks you a certain um, um, set of questions and then it, it gives you a personality type. And when I read my personality type, when I read the the INFJ and started watching videos about it, I legitimately cried. Like I, I, wow. I, I felt so like I, I've always, um, you know, I've always felt like black sheep. I was very black sheep in my family, but also um, I'm, 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 I'm aware of my black sheepness amongst, you know, even my, my friend groups, um, where I feel I've, I belong very much and, and they make me feel loved, but I, I do feel very different than them in reading mm-hmm. the INFJ. I was like, wow, I feel I've never understood. Like nobody's ever understood me like this. This is describing how my thought process goes. I feel so, I felt validated in, in, in healthy ways. Um, what, t- tell me about your journey um, into the, the, the INFJ realm, the 16 personalities realm. Um, and then do you recommend to other people to take personality tests and dive into that? Oh my gosh. Yes, please. Yeah. It, I mean, honestly, it was just reassuring because like not only for yourself, but especially like the people surrounding you, 
Um, it just gives you a better understanding of where you're at, who you are, who you were born to be. Um, and then the people surrounding you, like who you were born to be. Um, like if you're having, you know, certain conflict in your friendships or certain conflict in your relationships or with family, um, that is also something that you can like include in that. So you're seeing them for who they are and what they offer and like their personality dynamics. So um, how they communicate, how they present themselves, how they show up. Um, it kind of all runs through most of that. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was very cool to read about. I like, I don't know. I feel you on that. I've, I've never been to, I'm going to kind of step into victimhood, but it's fine. <laughs> um, I've always had a really hard time um, making the right kind of friendships, the right kind of dynamics. I've always been the codependent relationship person. I'm going to own that. Um, I've always been in relationships for as long as I can remember. Um, and that's just, a, you know, part of my healing and a part of my process is going through that and understanding, being aware of my codependency. Um, but yeah, and I've always had a really hard time making long lasting, standing, healthy friendship dynamics. I've had, you know, friendships that I've been close with, but I was either, you know, like partying and using or um, just in a really unhealthy mental state. And you kind of attract um, a very similar dynamic mm. of the person like mirroring you. Um, and so, you know, at, at no one's fault, like we just, you know, fall apart. We, you know, you know, turmoil, emotional turmoil happens, friction happens, and then, you know, you're, you're no longer really speaking or it's just not how it used to be, um, which is growth, but um, very accepting of that. But yeah, so being an INFJ, I've personally it helped me realize like, I'm very introverted, I'm very quiet, I'm very to myself, I'm very in my thoughts, I'm very in my feelings. Um, and it is a very rare personality type, very, very rare. What is it like two, the top, there's only 2% of the world or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I'm a very like, I love to connect with people who are just like me, um, which is, really hard on myself because I have such high expectations it just bites me in the ass mm. um and so it's yeah it's allowed me to see that um I don't have to just connect because it is such a rare um personality type like I don't have to just connect with like my personality type like that's all ego based um I can connect with other personality types and see them for who they are and accept them for where they're at but yeah, help me move through that process. Cause before I'm just like, poor me, why do I not have any friends that are just right there with me? I don't understand um, what's happening, what's going on. And I'd actually like get emotional about it, like cry like so often. Um, but now I'm at a space where I'm like, oh, you know, that's cool that I don't meet a lot of people who are like me. Um, and I can accept and love, you know, these new people walking into my life or old people but are still in my life for who they are and see them at a different light. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? Like you can really, I, I think, you know, not only learning, not only learning about yourself, like there's that validation of, of um, which you, which I think this is probably like healthy, a, a healthy amount of, of validation, self-validation. Um, mm -hmm. Cause that's always a tricky subject with, with self-validation, especially with like our world of social media and, and acting yeah. out, um, trying to be impressive, but, uh, you know, learning about yourself, learning about, because once you can kind of observe the way that you think and the way that you process things, it allows you to realize in, in a very profound present, uh, here way, uh, that 
other people are coming to their own conclusions and their their like other people of other personality types are not thinking the same way as you. Like they're experiencing a different a different perception of of reality because their in, internal dialogue and the way in which they um, perceive the world around them and the conversations around them and then run it back through their own self. Like it's a different process than you. And you're doing this magical thing of like relating to them and, and talking to them. And it's really impressive. Like with, with how different we, we we're so, so similar in so many ways. But, you know, when you read the, the 16 personalities in a lot of these differences uh, up here, we're pretty different how we how we form opinions of, of the world out here. So it's it's absolutely wonderful that we're even able to, to so properly connect and, and, and discuss things, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love it. It's, it's yeah, that's awesome. But it, yeah, you're absolutely right. How we navigate, it's like different lenses. Like every person has a different lens that they see and hear the world in. And mm. yeah, and that's where, you know, a lot of conflict comes from. And what is it like the four agreements, like, you know, expectations, you kind of expect people to think and navigate how you think. And you kind of just have to love and understand like the person for their viewpoint their perspective they're bringing value into your life and so yeah that's uh it is crazy to think about because you know like you get like me personally like I get so frustrated sometimes and I'm like gosh like I would do this this way like I don't understand why they're not doing it this way and Mm -hmm. and it's like well I mean they they have a completely different brain they're using probably a different portion of their brain Mm -hmm. and especially from male to feminine like male to female we think and navigate differently and then this is another perspective too is like i'm left-handed and so um most right-handed people use the left side of their brain and left-handed people use the right side of their brain so navigating in that way too like that's another perspective is like um yeah ultimately we're all just using different portions of our brain and how we see the world and Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're under this, um, I mean, like really not question, uh, 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 perception that everybody is kind of living in. We all just live in the same shared reality and, and we all act the same and we all have the same emotions. Like, like we all experience, we're, we all have access to be able to experience the, the plethora of human emotion, but the way in which we approach it, the way in which we dissect it, the way in which we, um, experience it as it's happening and before it's happening, it's all different. You know, we're all, Mm -hmm. all the synapses are, are, you know, firing in the same way, but the way that the story is being, you know, centered and, and, um, um, formed, you know, to form our personality and our responses and our reactions, it's different. And uh, it helps Mm -hmm. you, I think it helps me, um, actually be even more compassionate towards other people because, you know, if I can see, if someone's if someone's patient enough to like you know bear with me as I'm stumbling through my pro- thought process, like I should certainly be doing the same for them because they're not doing it mm-hmm. the same way that I am, but they are getting to their conclusions through some sort of way that I don't understand from firsthand experience. So I've got to mm-hmm. I've got to be willing to leave room for that. I've got to make some space for them and, and give them some time to express themselves. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know moving through like <laughs> that, that was like such a big healing too. Cause like, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm sure you've kind of brought it up, but like, I am so like nitpicky and controlling, mm. um, but not in like a overwhelming way. Just like I'll notice somebody doing something and I, I'll think internally like, Oh man, I could totally do this this way. Like why, are they, mm-hmm. you know, why are they not doing it that way? But like stepping back, keeping my mouth shut and just understanding that 
the process is going to be different. That's like one thing I really had to heal through because I would be like, what are you doing? Like, we can do it this way. Um, but now like stepping back and being like, okay, it's fine. Like there's more than one way to, you know, drive a car or walk on the sidewalk or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that way you don't like step on what people are valuable for. Like you can really like allow them to shine in the light that only they, they can shine. And mm-hmm. I think that's super valuable. Yeah. So I, I would recommend to anybody like check out the the personality types. Um, I know there's, there's 16 personalities.com or whatever it is. Um, and, and, and then there's, oh man, there's humanmetrics.com. That's another one. And that's the Meyer Briggs who is, um, mm-hmm. um, Mm, I think I think Carl Jung had to do something with that. I could be totally wrong, but Meyer Briggs. I, I I think it was a mother and daughter who who developed it. Um, Psychologist. Um, I could be butchering this, so definitely like do your own research. But it was uh, it it was like dude, just it, it's so funny. Just giving myself the time to like, all right, let's just fill out this cert. Like, you know, I I felt like I was doing a a, a MySpace questionnaire you know, but uh, answering these questions and then you get your answer at the end or you get, you know, this paragraph of like, so here's what it seems like based off of the, your answers to this question. Here's how you perceive the world. Here's how you feel. Here's something that happens to you. And I'm reading it like, what? Like, wow, mm-hmm. this is profound. And it's, it's very helpful. And then um, back then when I was in a relationship, it was also very helpful for me to, to read about my partner's ways. And so I could say like, oh, okay, here's how, like, when I'm standing there wondering why the hell she's thinking this way, when I clearly just presented the the truth of what everything actually is in this situation, I can now say, oh, she perceives her reality differently than me, like the way that she gets to conclusions, the way that she reacts. And, and these are also things, you know, Scorpio, Libra, Cancer, these sorts of things are also helpful for that. You can understand the person that you're in relationship with more... Um, more, more, more broadly, you know, not just why don't you think exactly like me? Because the way that I think is the only way that is, you know. It's- yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, and I definitely have done that with Jace too. So he's like, an, I'm an INFP, and he's an ENF or INFJ. He's an ENFJ. Mm. So he's just like the extroverted version. Which I mean. I mean, I personally need that in a relationship. I'm so like awkward and like quiet in public settings and he just shows up for that, which oh. I appreciate in a dynamic. So but yeah, definitely allowed me to like understand him as a whole. Yeah, excellent. I, I, I would I would recommend that to people in relationships and people by themselves. Definitely check out sixteen personalities.com or human metrics. Um or I mean, there's a bunch of other ones too, and they're all super helpful. Just explore whatever whatever talks to you. And then for me, once I found my you know INFJ, I began listening to um, uh, the personality podcast. I think it's called um, the uh, oh personality hackers podcast, and that's on YouTube. Oh, okay. And that was that was really good. Um, I sent that to my buddy last night, and he's going to explore those. But um, we're getting fairly up here in time. I did want to talk about. Um, you, you are an an intuitive empathic healer. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to me, like I'm, I'm dumb Tarzan and I don't know what any of this means. Can you explain, explain it to me as if that, because, um, I feel I, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I love that you've stepped into this. I feel like once I started seeing you use words like this and I, you know, starting to, um, 
like your 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 soul identifying with these things more to me as, as your friend and someone who you know you were on my podcast at the beginning i'm like yes like that that seems that that resonates with me i i, I see that in jc so can you explain these these terms the intuitive empathic healer can you explain that to me yeah okay so um i guess the easiest way that i can put it is just like it's i don't like using this word because i feel like it's so like broad and you think of this word and you think like like psychic right so like channeling psychic you think of a psychic you think of like going into a space and like paying somebody and like whatever they yeah and so yeah just like intuitive so like I have just a long line of like psychics and mediums in, in my family and so I've kind of been able to step into like those gifts and so um intuitive is just like gut feeling using you know channeling from um you know I'm what is it called so there's like different there's clairaudient clairvoyant clairsentient so clairaudience like you can hear things like you can hear spirit you can I'm not that um clairvoyant is like you can see things visions um I get a little bit of those um and then there's clairsentient which is just like knowing so like knowing everything knowing things like sometimes um I'll just like, I'll, it's almost like computing, um, like downloads, I guess, like you're computing, you're putting, you know, code, coding and whatever in the computer um, and it inputs information for you, right? So it's ultimately, I guess, what I'm doing for my clients working with people. Um, so yeah, sometimes people will just like be talking or like um, they have like a certain illness or they're not feeling good and I'll just spit out like a random thing. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know where that came from, but you need it um the heal so yeah and then there's um there's a couple I think there's like one more but I can't think of it but yeah so um yeah that's kind of what I do um I've more so stepped into that recently so it it, it feels um it feels like um man how do I how do I word it it feels like abilities that are outside of ego identification right like it's it's yeah. like a you know as as an as an artistic person um i i was i was talking with a musician friend on the podcast yesterday and we were kind of talking about the the process of creation and the process of like writing music and it's this you know to get in contact with the muse or, or put your little net into the the freeway of the muse and try to catch something like let's catch a lyric let's catch a song lyric you almost you get out of your own way like what you do mentally is like you just become so present and you and you you almost are able to turn off the thinking mind so to say and um you're you're mm-hmm. listening to to what needs to come up and in a um you know correct me if i'm wrong but this seems like kind of what what you would do and i'm just trying to relay because i think also as an infj i think the way that you the way that you heal and, and you um, um bring up uh, I, I sorry i forgot the terminology that you just used but um the the way that you um process what needs to be heard or, or say what needs to be said to you and your client, I think is a similar process to how I attempt to like write raps or, or write lyrics or create music is I try to mm-hmm. get out of my own way and I'm like, okay, this is what needed to to come up. Does that resonate? Yeah. hundred percent. Like that's, yeah. Like, like channeling, like it's almost like something comes over you, but in such a really fulfilling and positive way. Um, and just kind of, you, like elbows deep it just consumes you and you know like you're just really elevated and really happy and really like 
you know, like your purpose, like what you're supposed to be doing, like music is your purpose, like you creating stuff is your purpose. And so you being able to like channel that and, you know, step into that and just kind of have something take over you, like that's why you're doing it. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of where um, this dynamic comes from. Yeah. Just allowing everything to shed, being really present um, and have it, you know, channeling from, I call it source. Like it's just mm-hmm. a source to me. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how else to. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that that's, that sounds about right. Um, that is the, yeah, it's a, you know, again, again, with terminology, we can expand on, on even things like source. Cause this is something that again, at the beginning, when we started this, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But, uh, like source, God, um, the, the vortex, the, the, um, there's all these terminologies that are actually like, we, we get caught up in these pointless, like, no, no, it's me. It means this, or here's the right word for this, or here's the right, you know, mouth movement that describes this thing. And it all needs to be the same. And I think that what, what you find, um, when you explore in this area is a lot of these, a lot of these terminologies are actually kind of, you know, they're speaking to the, to the same thing. Um, they're speaking to this, this something that's more divine within you. And, um, it's not, it's not like man in the clouds, God, it's, it's, um, you know, that's, that's like a, this is like our, our veggie tale, low level understanding of something that we really haven't thought about it, but we never questioned it that much. We just like sticking mm-hmm. to our guns and like, I don't believe in God cause I don't believe in a floating man in the sky. And it's like, no, no, but what about the, the source of all wisdom? What about the thing that makes evolution do what it's doing? What about the thing that was before the big bang? What about the, the, you know, how, how does, how the fuck does an acorn know to grow into a wonderfully beautiful tree? How does it know mm-hmm. that? Like that's the, the source that the acorn is using. That's the, 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 by the, the biology, the evolution, the whatever that is telling that acorn to grow into a tree is, um, you know, that there's a thing within humans that's like that. Like the, there's a trueness, there's a, uh, a rightness relationship with the, the exterior world and it matches up with our interior and our, our ego minds in our modern society have really suppressed a lot of those. So to me, I think that humans have many abilities that we have lost connection with. Um, mm-hmm. we've forgotten we're we're a species with amnesia in, in many ways. And I think, be, you know, because of the internet and because of our advancement in technology, you know, I, pe- people like you and I are, are, are able to now, you know, connect with the, the, the source within us, the, the thing that just feels right. And we're going to trust it. And I, I can't wait till we're, you know, when we're 40, 50 years old and we're looking back at like, now we've been able to sharpen these things. We've been able to learn how to really listen to that inner voice. You know, we've, we've mm-hmm. stayed, we've stayed on the path and I, I mean, I'm, I'm very looking forward to and excited for the future of all of this knowledge and all of this learning and all of this, um, you know, hopefully helping other people along the way too. I just imagine what we're going to be able to do in, in 40, 50 years. I like honestly couldn't, I couldn't even imagine at this point, like it's, it's insane to even think, but yeah, hundred percent agree with you. Um, putting in the work now, I feel like is going to, you know, for all of us as a collective, putting in that work now and really tapping into, cause everybody's capable of channeling and tapping into 
um, source, whatever that looks like. Each person's different and that's totally okay. Um, but yeah, you're capable of just like digging deep and really being able to connect with like your intuition and like what feels good and what feels right to you. Cause ultimately like that, that is our only real thing. I feel like is, you know, you're solidified feeling good and knowing like what's right for you. Like you're the only person that can know what's right for you and know what you need to be doing and know what your purpose is. Nobody else can tell you mm. outside of that. So yeah, definitely. Attuning your frequency to, to your, attuning your frequency to your inner voice, to your intuition. You know, there is something that, I mean, words can't express it, but it, it's, it's a rightness. It's a, it's a, it's not even fulfilling. Fulfilling isn't even the correct word, but it's a, it's a, it's a knowing of, mm, this, this is where it is. This is, this is the thing in which I've been looking for without, while unknowingly looking for it <laughs> right it's uh mm-hmm. it's uh yeah wow yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of healing to be to be had there and a lot of um yeah just a, a lot of knowing i guess I'm, I'm i'm at a loss for words for a lot of it but uh you know that's that's mm-hmm. the funny thing too is is words these mouth movements these agreements that you know when i hold up a banana and i say banana we all agree that's what that <laughs> means that's what you're pointing out you know and we're we're as as human beings as um you know where we're being projected from somewhere else or there there's a frequency being hit by our body which is the receiver and we're trying to um you know a, 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 align with with what we truthfully are words don't always cover all of it so getting mm-hmm. in touch with the with the feeling side of things is um it's important. So um, I do want to, JC, we're getting up here in time. Um, I wanted to round anything out. Anything else that you wanted to throw in here, definitely do so. But I was thinking um, just, I would love to end it on, um, I have one question for you. And then I would love to end on kind of your elevator pitch for people who are like, they're interested in, in your work and they want to like check out your website. Um, and um, so maybe like your elevator pitch for that. So like, hey, if you're ready to, to you know, heal, heal up, like I want to hear your, your, your trailer. What's your, what's your, your catching in of, uh, of new people? Because um, um, I, I think we've got a lot of people's attention during the podcast and I want to send them your way to your website. So I'd like to answer that. But first, can we answer, JC, what does the world need more of right now? understanding and presence I would say um yeah just understanding of other people and um where the world's at and 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 compassion those are like I think my three ultimates understanding presence and compassion because with those three we would be untouchable like 100 percent yeah. Okay. That, that's that's a great, I, I love that answer. That's a wonderful answer. I've been asking everybody that lately. Uh, what does the world need more of right now? So great response. Okay. Now, now sell me on your website. Send me to your <laughs> website. What's up with it? Send me to my website. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, it's a space open for, um, let me elaborate this a little bit more. A, I wanted to create a space for people to come in and like, I don't know about you, but for me, when I have gone to therapy, which I've done for years and years and years and years, I've really just, uh, 
had a had a hard time. I've had a hard time with like um opening up and connecting and like I I've always needed somebody to like draw things out of me, like an invisible energy rope. I need somebody to like ask me questions and trigger me and pinpoint things. Um and so for me, like I had gone to therapy for, you know, probably close to like three years, four years off and on. And I've been to many different therapists and had to retell my story and go through like the whole spiral thing. And I wanted a space to create for people where I will trigger you. I will draw things out of you. I'll tell you what I see and, you know, open that space for you to express yourself and a space for you to break down, but also give you the tools and tactics that you specifically need individualistically. Like I give it on the spot like a channel on the spot intuitively, like, okay, you're going through this, like do this. And we'll kind of have a conversation about what I want the, you know, next day to look like or next week to look like. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of what I do. And I um, open up different timeframes. So I have like a 30 minute, an hour long reading, or I have like a two week process and month long process, a three month long process. Um, so it just kind of specifies for how long people want to, dive in um and what they feel they need is necessary for their healing um but yeah so that's that's kind of what I do and where I'm at and I I deal a lot with I honestly like a, a part of me like wants to dive into the masculine energy because I want to feel I want men and like men mostly men to feel like they have a space to open up um I do deal a lot with women which I love and like you know opening up that femininity and whatnot but I want to you know deal with both ends of the spectrum um but I feel like that's kind of really hard but I just want to throw that out there I feel like it's really hard for men to kind of come to a woman and be like okay I need help um but yeah so that's just kind of that's the space that I create the space that I open up and yeah my website I mean I have it on my Instagram but my website in general is just lookingwithin.squarespace.com and it's where you can find what I'm what I'm up to What's your what's your Instagram handle? Mm, I think it's jc.randall. It's my yeah, my name. You'll probably have it on here, but Yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll include it in the description. Yeah. Yeah, cool. JC, I'm so glad that you're doing this. I, it, to me it sounds like um I uh I I don't want to um the, the word has its own annotations and um at different times in society it's used in different ways and so um be aware of like what comes up for you as a listener when, when i say this word but i i think i think what's happening now in in our collective you know consciousness and in what we need is is i think the rebirth of the shaman character is actually mm-hmm. happening um i i think that it's it's being reframed it's um you know the the, the person who observe society from from almost outside of society in in a sense like a you know the the person who who goes into the mountains and explores different realities and different dimensions and different parts of the of of the the psychological buildup that we have here and then they they come back to the to the world and um and and give gifts of healing and give gifts of knowledge and um yeah i i just i think that what what you're doing and, and, and what um, um, a lot of people are doing, you know, self-help authors and, and people who are um, j- just helping people heal um, are kind of like the, 
it seems to me like it's just the rebirth of the of the shaman character, the the reintroduction of of a, a shamanistic way of thinking into our modern society. And I think it's needed. I think it's beautiful. I think it's wonderful. I think it's helpful. And uh, I'm I'm super glad that you're doing it. And just just as a fellow human who's trying to help people out too, JC, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm super grateful. And um, everything just kind of fell into a perfect place for it to correlate into reality. So I'm super grateful for that. And 100% shaman. That's super funny that you say that. Like, uh, sorry, I'm gonna like sidetrack here for a second. Um, I went to this event and like we we're creating stuff out of like driftwood. This was like pre-COVID. Um, creating stuff out of driftwood, and I literally made this like shaman stick almost like just like I don't know I saw it and I was like oh that's cool I'm gonna like wrap some stuff around it and like create this and it looks like this shaman stick and then I went and saw my grandma right after that and she's like the more like she's intuitive like that's the line where I get it she's mm-hmm. like and she's like oh JC Hughes stepped into her shamanship or whatever she called it and she's she's so out there but like so funny and I was just like grandma that's insane I literally just like made a shaman's cake like at this event I was just at it's in my car like wow. but that's so funny that you say that that's really funny I don't I mean I'm not gonna correlate myself like I don't really understand or what that means or what that looks like but yeah but yeah that's funny you brought that word up <laughs> yeah I, I think that word is uh you know where we're, we're again taking a word that was um used at a specific time in human history that specifically made sense for that time in history so to mm-hmm. to reintroduce it obviously it's going to have all of the old annotations it's going to have some new annotations um we're, we're a society who absorbs a lot of content in in the form of, of television video um, movies mm-hmm. tv series and these sorts of things so any versions of the word shaman that are used in those are kind of what fills the the spot in our psyche right away and so i, th- I think just leaving room to to uh, kind of wonder, like, what did the shaman character do for for its society back then, for its for its people, for its community, and um, what are what what are modern shamans doing for their community, and what are modern healers doing for their community? And it's, there's a lot of correlations, and and I think mm-hmm. uh, having those like those um, yeah, like 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 finding things that resonate, you know, like like your grandma saying that, like that's. I don't know. You know, you never know. Maybe, maybe there is some, uh, some intuitive hints there into what you should be doing and, and what's actually going on. So it all comes mm-hmm. to full circle. Yeah. hundred percent. But yeah, thank you so much. I'm super excited. I got to hop on here. And as your podcast has progressed, you know, listening to all the people that you've worked with, like putting this out there, like that's your own shamanship, your own form of healing people too. So I can right. appreciate that and respect that so much. So yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on twice now. That's basically, I mean, with, with all this stuff, I'm just someone who's like, I'm going through my own shit. I'm not, I'm just definitely far from perfect. Never have been. Um, I'm just trying to stumble and trip through things out loud to some extent, you know, and, and, and basically like everything that I post, every podcast that I do, every time I finish with something, I put it up with this here. I hope this helps here. Mm-hmm. I hope this helps here i hope this helps like that's my mantra you know like that's that's what i try to do here so i hope this has helped you listeners um i know that i feel like me personally i feel like just this conversation has helped me already so thank you jc thank you for being vulnerable thank you for sharing your work um listeners check out her website follow her on instagram um 
if you haven't drank any water today, you're out of your mind. What are you doing, bro? You dry bones, just crusty, dusty. Ugh, you know, I'm, I'm cringing at you not drinking water. You're not drinking water? I, I'm trying to guilt everybody into drinking more water. Good. Uh, That's a good perspective. Because I've uh, had one drink of water today. JC, so. you're crusty and Call dusty, me. man. <laughs> you're, oh, man. You need to get some water. All right. We got to end this podcast because you need to go drink some water, my friend. You're correct. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Have a good day, listeners. Have a good day, JC. Thanks again. Bye. Yeah. Have a good one. Junkyard love fans, where are you at right now? Are you present? Is your mind in the clouds? Is your head uh, in the sky? Are you grounded? Are your feet touching the earth? Are you looking for something next to listen to? Are you projecting, letting these algorithms and letting the suggestions take away your life? Don't do that. Just a reminder to get present, to make the decision next that you want to make. Don't just get caught up and spending a whole day listening to YouTube uh, or podcasts, even if it's mine. I just want the best for you. Take care of yourself. Live your life. Be present. Relax your shoulders. Relax your face muscles. Get your bare feet on the ground outside. Just go and be. Go and exist. And remember, life is more than just online. Life is more than just all this technology. Get present. Love yourself. Peace out. We'll see you next episode.